podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out our website, katiejourney.com. We are the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums all around the world. 25 countries to that. And we are more than just an awesome website. Connect with us on all of our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Now, if you're looking for the podcast, you can find audio version of the Stadium Journey podcast simply by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. You're looking for video simulcasts of the podcast? Go to Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And if you're looking for our old, way back episodes, like the one where Lloyd was on originally, you can find those at vocnation.com. And remember, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And we've got the gang all here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez can be found at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico's here. You can follow him at danlaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. And we are happy to kick off 2022 with our good friend and Stadium Journeys Georgia correspondent, Lloyd Brown. Lloyd was here. For those of you who have been listening since day one, Lloyd, you might be the only one. Lloyd joined us for one of our first podcasts way back in 2017. Uh, Lloyd, I think we can safely say you've been kind of busy since then. Okay. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. And that's what we're going to talk about today is your travels on the road to Club 124. Okay. So, well, um, uh, why don't you explain to our listeners what Club 124 is exactly? Okay. Well, first of all, Club 124 used to be Club 123 until this season uh, with the addition of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, there are now 124 stadiums and arenas, or there are 124 teams, uh, and that compromises uh, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, uh, the NBA, and the NFL. Now, obviously, there's some stadiums that are shared between teams. Uh, MetLife would be one over in New Jersey, uh, the other one out in L.A., uh, where you have the Chargers and the Rams uh, both play. And the former Staples Center, for now. Well, yes, yes. Well, yeah, right. one, Next year. well we'll get into that. Three. <laughs> we won 25 pretty soon. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when did you decide that, you know what, I, 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 uh, I think I want to try to hit every single stadium in all the four big major league sports. When did this quest begin for you? Well, the quest really began even before I came to Stadium Journey uh, in that I used to go on a lot of their bus tours, baseball bus tours. And these are just groups of people who enjoy baseball, and they'll either be a certain region of the country, or you might do spring training. And so you're together for like a week, and you would travel from stadium to stadium. And so, for instance, in California, I did all of the California stadiums in one trip, rather than going from Atlanta, where I live, to the West Coast several times. I was going out, you know, for one trip and getting all of the Major League Baseball stadiums in California. So there, there are ways that you can cut corners to save money. Oh, definitely. And and where does your your trek to 124 stand at the moment, Lloyd? I am right now at 121. Uh, later this month, if the NHL, you know, stays open despite COVID and the flights don't get canceled, I'll be doing uh, UBS Arena uh, in Long Island. Uh, I'm doing that the 29th of this month, 
And then in April, I am going to uh, out to Calgary and Edmonton, and that will complete 124 for me. Wow, amazing. So how many people are in this group? Is there an actual number of well, men and women? Actually, I've, they had two bus loads for the trip that we did to California. And so, you know, you can sit there and, and sometimes people ask me what it costs. Well, if you're most people are double double rooms. So you're talking probably eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Now, that may sound like a lot of money, but when you think about buying the tickets, renting a car, mm -hmm. parking at the stadiums and all of those different Nowadays. issues, it adds up. Yeah, definitely and running so, a car. Yeah, and you know, two. I'm not really used to flying on I-5. <laughs> so when you're in California, that Atlanta's traffic's bad, but not like I-5. Yeah, I-5. I have. I, I could tell you stories. If you get on I-5 in LA past noon, trying to go to Anaheim to see an Angels game, give yourself about five hours. It should only take about 45 minutes. I think that's what they say. But whew, we hit some nasty traffic there, all because we got up there afternoon. So, no, that makes well, a lot of the, sense. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Socialization is a big part of it too, because um, you're, you know, you're not sitting there having to concentrate on driving. So you get to know the people on the trip. Uh, you know, you can bet on the last, you know, final score of the game. You put little squares. You know, you purchase squares on a. Uh, and also we had video players, so we actually had baseball movies playing nice. uh, during the trip. So you could watch the like baseball movies. Yeah. I may have to do that. Has anybody else been on one of those uh, baseball trips? Take a tour? Not me. I, nope. Why not? I hate driving eight hours to go look at a bunch of ballparks. I like going to the ballparks. It's just that eight hours of driving. What? Well, you know, our, our shorter trips, say that we do Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, just a, a region of Pennsylvania would be thrown in there with Ohio. And so yeah. you're getting maybe four or five different stadiums yeah. in a trip. Yeah. But, you know, with California, to me, it was just a big yeah. savings of money. You know, oh, I know they're out there. I'm, I'm on their mailing list, our mailing list for a couple of companies that do like the I-95 corridor or like you said, California or the Midwest there. Right. Right. You know what yeah. the problem with those trips are? Is that you get like it's one big price and you look at that big price and go whoa yeah and you never like i don't think any of us are really stupid enough to add up all all the the costs of what we what we do because if we did that then maybe we wouldn't do what we do but it's easier <laughs> to say well you know i paid 40 bucks for tickets there and 40 bucks for tickets there and 60 bucks for tickets there but but you know well well, dear, I want to go on this bus trip. It's going to cost us about three thousand dollars. Wow! <laughs> well, that's what my wife would say. Yes, <laughs> the price would be less if you have two people in a room. I'm, I'm usually yeah. a single, but two. You got to think right now what rental cars cost. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous because I thought about. Uh, running a car to go down to uh, North Carolina this year. And I, I think I, when I went to Iowa a couple years ago, it was like 120 for the week. I think it was about $60 a day to rent a car. It was, it was outrageous. I don't think that price is going down anytime soon. I don't know about Canada here, but yeah, car rentals are ooh, sky high. Uh, it's always higher up here. Yeah. Plus the gas, which has gone down a little bit where I live. 
uh, I don't know how long that will last. <laughs> the other thing that, it, you know, baseball lends itself to it because there are games, you know, almost every day of the week. Now, the other thing I did to kind of try to get a lot of things done at one time, for instance, you mentioned Staples Center. And in a two-day period, I got all three yeah. of the teams that play in the Staples Center. There was a, an afternoon matinee game, a hockey game, and then a second basketball game. Oh, nice. Wow. So, yeah, well, that's that's yeah, that's very con- yeah, that's I've done plenty of that where you just do an afternoon multiple basketball yeah, but, game and then the hockey game at night. Usually it's always the hockey game at night. Is that but in the I, same building? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Evansville well, did that. Nice, uh Bradley University did that. Yeah, they get a bunch of workers to put wood and, put <laughs> and they the work like there. mad. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I think they hire just to get just to get that done for those couple days. They have to switch it up on that same day. But I'm with you, Lloyd. If, if there's a hockey game, I mean, if there's a basketball game and a hockey game at night. Uh, yeah, I'm doing that because you're saving hotel. You're saving time. You're opening up the door for something else. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a good time. So I guess the question I have, Lloyd, have you ever just flown out to a game? And flown right back, like just go that's out there doing, and come right back. That's what I'm doing the end of this month in I, Long Island. It's an afternoon game at UBS Arena. It's like at one. Okay, I'm flying in Saturday morning. Go to the game. We're having a group get together before the game, oh. and then I'm flying out that night. Okay, so, wow. Well, you know, if, if I meet my buddy, uh, Brian Markham's father in Bayshore, Long Island, he'll, he'll show you a good time. So <laughs> <laughs> let me I'm know. I'll get the hookup. Vinny and Tony will come up and pick you up. They'll show you. They'll show you around. Get you a good slice of pizza. Okay. <laughs> so, Lloyd, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to start off with the downer, I guess. So of all these all these spots that you've been so far, when one twenty one, um, which ones? Did you have uh, expectations for that were, were just not that? They just were not nearly as good as you had hoped or thought or? Well, I think really one of the most recent ones I've done, and actually it's one of the two new NFL stadiums. Uh, uh, and we're talking about Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, really? really, when I went out there, what it is, it's a shrine to Raider Everything in the place is black, silver, or white. And I'm talking the bathroom floors, the walls in the bathroom, everything black, silver, or white. There's nothing really unique about the stadium as far as a scoreboard situation. It has this window that opens at the top of the stadium, and you see the the um, you know the strip out the window. Um, but to me, it was like a big, a lot of hoopla, but you know, the stadium really didn't have anything that's that memorable about it, other than the, the colors and that type of thing. Whereas you go to LA now, you know, I, Sean McDonald went out there, really panned, you know, the new stadium in LA. I kind of liked it, but some of the things he didn't like about it, he was there for a Charger game. I was there for a Rams game. And evidently, the crowds are totally different. I can imagine. As far as who, who goes, they were having fights in the stands at his game. <laughs> My game, everybody was really, you know, just consumed with the game itself. You didn't see any fights in the stands. 
So, you know, it was really kind of a tale of two, two, two teams at that stadium. But the scoreboard there is just unbelievable. And I think so. Sorry. Hmm? Uh, so, I mean, you just rolled into another thing that I, that I was thinking about, uh, kind of beforehand. So you brought up, um, Allegiant stadium, which is home of the Raiders. SoFi stadium, which is home of the Rams and chargers. Each of those costs, like, I think, I think the, the cheaper one was $1.9 billion and they're located in two of the biggest money markets that there are, uh, not that Las Vegas is a huge population market, but you know the money behind, you know everything Vegas with the casinos and everything—it's just so huge. So, conversely, we've got like the Buffalo Bills who are who are looking to replace their stadium, and then even uh, even in the past, we've got St. Louis, which was essentially priced out of the NFL. So. When looking at Buffalo, do you like? Do you think that Buffalo has has any chance? And and you got Mercedes Benz right behind you, with it, which is another example. Big, big market, big money. Um, you know, do, what chance do the Bills have of of actually getting a new stadium? What do you think? I I really think that they're making the biggest push they've made so far. Um, you know, one of the things that people don't understand is that Buffalo has the only NFL stadium in the state of New York. And so yeah. some of what they're talking about when I was up there, they were talking a lot about it. And what they're trying to do is get some state money. And, you know, they're sitting there and the state's not necessarily wanting to put that kind of money out. But I really think the team, you know, the, the people that own the, the Bills also own the hockey team in Buffalo. The per Pergulas, I'm not sure if I'm spelling it right. Pagula. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, and, and you know, you're, you're talking about a somewhat old arena there in Buffalo. And I don't think it has right? to be. Well, I just think the Buffalo Stadium, I mean, it's past. It's. The football or the arena we're talking about? Well, the, football. the football stadium. Yeah, the football stadium. Yeah, well, that's about 50 years old. rusting and cracking in the concrete and that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, it's time for a change. such harsh winters there. I had I thought they already had a plan in place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry? There's talks. There's talks. And, and I guess my main point there is they're not talking about building an indoor, you know, roof stadium. No, they don't they, want They that. want to just have a, a decent football stadium. I, I don't think they're talking about anything nearly as elaborate as, say, Atlanta or, you know, any of the other domes. Indianapolis. <laughs> and, you know, frankly, the people in Buffalo deserve a decent stadium. Those, you know, they have a rep, you know, for, you know, being pretty wild bunch there. Yep. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. They want it built in Orchard Park, I believe. And yeah. Buffalo's winning. It's exciting to be a Buffalo Bills fan. First time in, you know, God knows how long, 1999. So this is a good time to push for a new stadium when you're winning, when you're battling for a division, when you have a marquee quarterback. Perhaps we can see one within the next five, six years. Except, well, the except against your argument there, I don't think the attendance is as fluid in Buffalo as it is in some other markets, right? Like, uh, um, 
you know, Jacksonville or or even Atlanta. No. I mean, I, I watched some of the, the Falcons game the other day and I was like, wow, look at all those empty seats, right? In Atlanta? Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> but, but, but Buffalo, Never mind. I, I don't think Buffalo's attendance is, is as fluid. Like it always seems to be bringing in the people, whether it's, whether it's, uh, yeah. You know, whether they're in first place or whether they're in fourth place or, or what, but I, I, I just, I guess I just have a hard time seeing an organization take a step back. Right. Whereas it's, we've, we've seen it, we've seen the arms race. Well, you know, this stadium is 500 million. And then the next one is 700 million. The next one is 900 million. And then we're over a billion. Is Buffalo going to be able to, and whether it's in Orchard Park or whether it's in downtown and whatever, I think they've kind of closed the door on the downtown idea. But can Buffalo say, well, you know, I know that like that $4 billion stadium in Los Angeles is amazing, but, you know, we're just going to build a, a a nice $800 million stadium, right? Like, well, is that possible well, even? One of the big issues that makes that's a lot different is that in Buffalo, they're they already own the property. The parking lots around that stadium are where they would build a new stadium. So there's no acquisition cost there. When you talk about LA, they had to buy that property. You also have to make that that stadium earthquake proof. Even if you didn't do the the you know huge thing, you you know, it's really expensive to build in that market because of the earthquake regulations. So there's a lot of expense that's tied up in property acquisition, that type of thing. Whereas that's one of the things Buffalo would have already. They own the, the land already. So that would, so it could really be devoted to the, you know, the actual stadium itself. I think Buffalo should have something a little bit, maybe not like fully enclosed, a little bit more enclosed. So you could have some of those Bill's mafia guys like jump off the upper light, upper part of the stadium and land on tables right in the middle of the field. You know, how exciting would that be? Don't laugh. That already <laughs> happened here. A guy fell out of the upper deck and landed on people. In Buffalo? Yeah. Oh. Well, the, the Falcons were there this Sunday. It was last Sunday and it was snowing. It was icy. And guess what? You know, those fans were loving every minute of it because they knew the Falcons couldn't play in this snow. Of course, they well, can't so, play in the dry land either. <laughs> some of the uh, some of the worst uh, games that they've had in Buffalo is if they get like a Monday night game or a Sunday night game or whatever, and then you get all the tailgaters who decide not to adjust <laughs> their their timing. So, oh well, I, I think they had a Sunday night game that was. Um, it was kind of the first one in a long time and the tailgaters showed up at nine as they normally do. And instead of, you know, drinking till one, well, they drank till eight or seven or whatever. And then, and then uh, I think the, I think in that game, I'm thinking of the bills did, did pretty, pretty terrible. So anyway, um, let's, let's do the flip side. Let's, let's do the positive then. So uh, if you were to get the opportunity to do, a return trip somewhere that you've already been not necessarily, you know, what's home for you, but a place that you really like that you just would like to go back. What would it be? Well, baseball wise, for sure. It would be either PNC park 
for the uh, the Giants Stadium out in Shocker. So, <laughs> well, I used to call it AT and T. It's something else now. Uh, San Francisco uh, Baseball Stadium. Uh, I love that. You know, being on the bay like it is. I mean, as far as being Oracle scenic, Park. Oracle Park. Thank you. No. Um, so those would be the two in baseball that really grabbed me. Um, and I would like to go back to me. You know, I just think PNC's not a real complicated park, but it just was done right. It's right-sized for Pittsburgh. It, it has a gorgeous view of downtown. You know, and I, the fans are great there, too. So I think that it really has all the package there. All six of them are fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, do do you have any place that you know you think was really better than than the experience that you had? Like maybe you just didn't go on a good day, or you know the crowd was light, or do you have any ones that that you think probably deserve like a do over? Uh, well, you know, some of a lot of the games I go to, it's cheaper to go during the preseason. And so you really don't get that full feel of the crowd because, you know, a lot of season ticket holders are not there. Uh, People that are at the game are not people that are usually at the games. They don't do a lot of the hoopla prior to the game. So a lot of that part's missing. So, you know, I I think really would lean towards doing things in season rather than the preseason if I had had to do it over again. but for instance, you know, I went to, uh, did San Francisco, I did the Golden State Warriors, got on the train, took it down to San Jose, did the Sharks hockey game the next day. And the day after that, we had the 49ers game. So that wow. was a terrific. That's you know, a great trip. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You have to really, you know, pull those schedules out and see what oh, works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know that, correct? No, but that's not news to anybody. <laughs> I'm doing that right now. I'm seeing how Beloit and Madison and the new uh, Lake County dogs all fit in uh, to a nice an little optimist. trip. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Lord, was there any any place you went to where you had an issue with the flight weather that canceled your would be uh, visit no, pandemic, been- perhaps? I've been very well. <laughs> yes, the pandemic. Yeah. Ding, 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 you, ding, 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 see, ding. Can you say 2020 and 2021? <laughs> At least till the fall. I, I hit the ground running about August of last year. And I mean, for six or seven straight weeks, I was at a event, you know, one of the stadiums or arenas. Hmm. Because I started as soon as preseason football started. And I was, you know, up through about October, it was a different stadium every week because, you know, I kind of was on hold for about a year and a half. And yeah, so like uh, a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then two, you know, getting across the border, uh, you know, of course, Dave can't get across this way. Well, it's open now, but who knows next week? <laughs> right. It's the uh, only thing that's open, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can come up. You can't go to a game, but you can come up. Well, and even if you go to a game, okay. And as, as, as Dave can tell you, you know, if you're in Quebec, 
what is it, 1,300 people or something? I mean, it's some small percentage in Quebec can actually attend a game in an arena. So they're, they're just oh, yeah. within it's, the provincial, you know, restrictions too. Yeah. On top and, and of on, in Ontario right now, we're 50, whatever's left, 50% or 1,000. Um, and then, like, you got organizations like the Leafs and Raptors who have far more than a thousand season ticket holders. And they basically just said, you know what, forget it. We're just, we're just not taking any tickets and uh, we're going to play in front of nobody. So that's what, that's what they did. I mean, I, I had that on the weekend. I was supposed to go to North Bay and uh, I got the tap, 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 tap. We're only, we're over, we're over our capacity and uh, your tickets have been canceled. Here's your refund. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, it's a, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one right now. Okay. Well, another frustration with club 124 has got to be that the goalposts keep moving and yeah. it's hard to stay current. So you said in April, you will be a member. But then a couple months later, you'll no longer be a member of the club, right? What Not do we have coming really. up? What do we have coming up Which, for new stadiums? Well, the, it was going. They were going to build a new arena in Calgary. It's yeah. since gone down the tubes again. So yes, I mean that was my main thing. Was okay of the ones I got left. Okay, Calgary is the most likely to have a new arena or stadium. But in the last, really in the last month, it's all fallen apart because the understanding between the city or the development authority of the city and the owners of the team, uh, evidently there's something they were going to add on because of, I want to say climate change, but it was something about climate change and making the new building be, you know, a green building and so forth. And they were going to make the team pay for the greening of the building. Whereas the team said, uh-uh, we're paying for the basic building. We're not paying for all these add-ons, you know, that the government has added to it. So that was where the, the main thing that I understand the bone of contention is. And then the I ongoing mean, saga of the coyotes has got to keep you up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if I had to go back to Phoenix, no big problem. I don't, I've, I've heard, um, I'm trying to think what city, they're all right together. Tempe and all those Tempe, things are right Tempe together. is where they're supposed to be. Just get them building. out of there. Get them out of the desert. We'll see. Bring them Frankly, to Quebec. I would, I, yes, that's I, that's never what I, about to say. I know, but I, would, I can wish. I've been to Quebec City. I would love to go. And they have the arena already built. You can still go, Lloyd. You can go watch junior hockey or, you know, take in some other events. Hey, you know, you know, the old Colisee where they, um, where the Nordiques. Yeah, they used to play. I think they Mm -hmm. they just tore it down maybe about a year ago. Do you know what they used it for after the Nordiques left and after they built the, the new thing? A Canadian tire store. Nope. No. It was a, it was the, the head, uh, the top training ground. For the Cirque du Soleil. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. They would do all their their training and and you know pre show stuff there. Yeah. Okay. Now, now here's my question, Lloyd. Uh, when you travel, do you ever say, 
can I go to a sporting event or could you travel someplace and not see a sporting event? Cause that's like me when I travel, I want to see something. And my wife's not always agreeing with that. She wants to go to Vegas. She doesn't want anything to do with sports. What about you? Well, I mean, prior to doing all these arenas and stadiums and so forth, I used to be in a walking club, a hiking club. And I have actually done walks in all 50 states. I've done all the provinces in Canada and I've done all of the capitals in all the 50 states. (laughs) This was when I was a mere child. (laughs) Now I can't walk hardly. So, (laughs) so that's been, you know, one of the things I've done. Yeah. I mean, I love history. I love seeing sites. Uh, The other Lloyd that's actually tuned in this evening, he and I met up in Philadelphia and one of the things he loves to do is presidential related places and so when he was down here in Atlanta we went to the Carter Center uh obviously Philadelphia there's just things every block or two that have to do with history so yeah I could go to a place and not see it again I would be just fine Lloyd Rothwell Benjamin Harrison's uh home is here uh it's (laughs) nice little tour nice little seeker we have here in Indianapolis anytime you come and visit you can be my guest I said it Okay. Make sure you bring a girl, though. He would love it. No, don't bring a girl. <laughs> All you have to do is bring one of those Sydney Blue Sox caps or some, you know, uh, Vegemite, you know, and I'll be fine. That, that was that was for Mark. Vegemite. Come on. All right, all right Lloyd, you, you mentioned some of your favorite uh, MLB parks. How about uh, how about basketball? What, what's some places that stand out for you there? Uh, well, of course, I was out at the new one in San Francisco. Uh, was there probably about the sixth or seventh game they played in the, the new center out there. And that was fabulous. It's right down on the waterfront. Uh, lots of, they redeveloped all around it. A lot of good restaurants and things uh, nearby. So I was very impressed with that one. Um, I was trying to think of the other ones. I mean, you know, Madison Square Garden is a magical place. It's been around forever. But if you've never been to it to see all the history behind because I, I did the tour in addition to going to the Rangers game there. And yeah. uh, the Knicks game, I went to the game and then left. But the, the Rangers, I actually took the tour earlier that day and just all the history of that place. That's a, that's a great tour. One of the best that I've done at MSG for sure. So, um, you know, I, I guess as far as hockey, um, obviously you've got the history up there in Canada with the, you know, going in, seeing the hall of fame in Toronto. Um, also, you know, going to Montreal, that was, you know, exterior wise, I was like, gosh, it looks like an office building. But, you know, when you got inside and, and saw the history of the place, it was very, very interesting. Now, the other side of the coin is the most contemporary one is, of course, Climate Pledge out in Seattle. And that was really different. <laughs> I mean, when you have How real ivy, not plastic ivy, <laughs> growing inside of it. Wow. Uh, the, the ice is the rainwater that was fell off the roof. Uh, and, they, you know, they really... You know, they mean business when they talk about that being, you know, zero impact on the environment type situation. Just, you know, all the things they have listed, they've done to to cut down the the imprint, the carbon 
imprint of that place. So do you so think that it, do you think that uh, Seattle then could be like a um, maybe not quite a Camden Yards, but but like that influential uh, arena where a whole lot of things change after that one's built? I think, well, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I think Seattle is a very green oriented city. I don't know, uh, you know, I think in the Pacific Northwest, they really care a lot about the environment. I don't know if somebody else is going to put that kind of money into it or not. I mean, you got to remember, you know, who owns that actually is Amazon. I mean, they're the, they're the uh, name sponsor now. It's called Climate Pledge Arena, but it is you know, Amazon is the owner of that thing. So, you know, and I think too, that's going to lead to, to Seattle getting a basketball team again. Let's hope so. Let's hope so, yeah. Lloyd, had um, you been there for the Sonics before they redid it? I had been to a WNBA with the Seattle Storm when it was just the key arena. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, Paul, you and I share in that, you know, sometimes we're in arenas where when we stand up, the seat comes up with us. <laughs> and that's what Key Arena was like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> when Key Arena was built that? in 1962, <laughs> people weren't quite as wide as I am. <laughs> so when I tried to get up, it kind of got up with me. Uh, no, I, I, I could tell you, it happened to me in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, with the old brown seats. Those would come out, but... Those are quite old from the 30s. Uh, but, yeah, I saw a Western – I saw a Seattle Thunderbirds game there with my brother in 01. And the stadium just seemed a little bit dusty. And uh, the banners hanging up looked like they were molding or discoloring. I don't know how that was happening. Uh, and that was refurbished in 1995, I believe. So I can well, just imagine seems- how it looks now. It's probably night yeah. and day. Oh, yeah. The only thing that exists of it is the roof. Yeah. They just lifted the roof up on hydraulic lifts and then built the arena beneath it. Because the roof is actually from the 62 World's Fair and it's historical preservation. You can't tear the roof out. It had to be preserved. Oh, okay. And they build it down into the ground. Like the roof isn't super high. It's only a story or two above no, they, ground. They, they hydraulically lifted the roof up and then built the arenas down into the ground. In other words, when you're down... The the uh, concourse is at the top of the stands. In other words, you're going down, 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 so you're not coming up from below to get to your seats. You're going down from the concourse. They have a, a limited upper level to it, very limited upper level, and it actually has obstructed views. <laughs> that was the one negative I had to say about that place. Because if okay. you were in the upper deck, I thought those a were a little, thing of the past. You couldn't see the scoreboard totally. You could see the action on the ice, but you could not see the full scoreboard. And they have a little wonky scoreboard up there, right? It's at all four corners, or do they yeah, have a it's, center it's one? Kind of different looking, yeah. It's uh, not what, a big one. What, what's your take on that? Yay or nay? Stick with the original. I would stick with the original. Okay. I mean, you know, as far as scoreboards, I would have to say uh, the Golden State scoreboard was huge. I mean, it, it's it's almost like Cleveland. If you know, it's about oh, as long that as Cleveland was humongous. Yeah, and that's that's uh, the one out in Golden State's that way. 
I think Golden State had to be one of the most expensive ones too, because you know what land cost in San Francisco. Oh yeah, <laughs> had to cost them a fortune. Well, they're getting higher and higher and higher, and you know, corporate naming is are getting uh, like what's the, the new cryptocurrency for the Staples Center? I think that's the largest ever. Uh, the new uh, L.A. Clippers Arena, which what three years from now that's going to be built? Yeah, it's it's right across the street. I mean, it's actually pretty close to where the Clippers used to play. Yeah. It, it's right. near it's the on, airport. It's on the side correct? of the sports arena. Yeah. It's not yeah. that far from the airport. You can actually probably just oh, get no. an Uber. I thought it was on the site of the forum where the Lakers used oh, to Oh, that's play. what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was my mistake. I, I think it's in um, Inglewood, it's in but Inglewood. I don't know if it's going to be on it the is. site. It is. That was my mistake. Yeah, it's where the it's where the Lakers used to play. Uh, the Clippers. Yeah, the, so- the, the soccer stadium they built is on the site of the sports arena, right? Yeah. And the, the sports arena is is by the Coliseum. Coliseum. Coliseum yeah. yeah. Yep. No, that was just yeah. me mixing them all up. Sorry. No, it's the, well, you know. Oh yeah, but yeah, um, it's only three miles, four miles from the airport to the um, to SoFi, and actually they had to build SoFi into the ground because it's on the landing <laughs> approach. To LAX. Oh wow! <laughs> but they've also put lights and stuff up in the, the roof of that, and it does advertising. So when you're landing in LA, <laughs> you look out the window, and it's got some ad or what's coming to the stadium next. So now, now I know we talked a little bit about SoFi, but what did you think about its construction, its design? Did that just did that not look like did that look like a stadium? Did that not look like anything you've seen before? Was no. it that? Shape-wise, it did not look, you know, I mean, yes, the scoreboard, but the roof, it then has a a, a courtyard outside of the actual seating area that is all kinds of greenery. Um, They've they've preserved the lake that used to be in the middle of the racetrack, the horse racetrack, because this is where Hollywood stakes were, were over the years, or Hollywood Downs was. So it's it's a very natural setting as it can be in LA. Yes. So Lloyd, you live in Atlanta. You guys build new stadiums like every other weekend. Uh, so you got tons of money. Either either that or tons of credit, one of the two, I guess. Um, so three fairly fairly new facilities in uh where the falcons play and the the hawks play and the braves play so uh they they call you up lloyd brown expert stadium person what can we do to one of these three stadiums to to make it even better based on something that you've seen so if you could take something from from another one of these spots that you've been and and plunk it in your own hometown what would it be so an easier way to ask that question, what current trends do you see as positive? That's just so boring. <laughs> well, and I mean, as Paul has you know, pointed out to me a long, long time ago, the Patriots had Patriot Place. How many years ago was that, Paul, that they built that? When they built the stadium. So whenever you know, that was, we, we sit there and think, oh, the battery is this magical. And we came up with this idea. Well, no, we didn't. You know, and, and really, you know, all of y'all have been to, to Truist Park or SunTrust at the time you came. I, I think you hosted and, all of us, Lloyd, at one yeah. time or another. Yeah, 
I think it was all the same year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Get out of here, Dave. The last couple of years. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I don't think that Truist Park, in and of itself, as far as the baseball stadium, I don't think it's anything more magical than Turner Field was. It's in a lot better area of town. You know, and there's something to do before and after the game. But I don't think the park itself is that much better. I think a lot of it's very much similar. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, the, the the restaurant out in right field. I mean, in a lot of ways, it just mimics what Turner Field looked like. But Turner Field had nothing to do before or after a game. Now, that being said, um, you know, they've, they've done a beautiful job with Turner Field and converting it to a football stadium. Uh, the parking lots that were surrounding Turner Field has all been taken over by my alma mater, which is Georgia State University. They're going to build the baseball stadium for Georgia State in that parking lot area. It's going to have the Henry Aaron Wall built into the stadium itself. Cool. Another thing that they're doing is they're building the Convocation Center. Well, Convocation Center means that our basketball team will not be in the PE gym where it's been ever since 1973. Uh, when I went to basketball games in 1973, it was on the fourth floor with pull-out bleachers <laughs> of our PE building. And that's where I graduated. And so this, for the first time, will actually have us in a, you know, a basketball arena. They'll be able to do graduations in it. And that will be opening actually next fall. So we will see some new, some more new construction. Uh, it's, I won't say it's another stadium, but it'll be a new arena for downtown Atlanta. Primarily for Georgia State. I mean, I don't see it being, you know, State Farm Arena's pretty much got a, a corner on on concerts and that kind of thing. Well, that'll just help them compete in that that area because it, it's such a crowded scene in Atlanta. So now oh, Georgia yeah. State will have a, a will have its own presence. Well, and you've got students. You've got tons of apartments down there now. So you've really got you know a a, a population actually living in that area and then commuting from that area to the school. Uh, the school is only about three or four red lights from the stadium. So, so, so to get back to uh, Dave's question, Lloyd, um, right? So, you know, you've been everywhere. You're, you're Johnny Cash. Um, what, what trends do you see that that are good in, in recent stadiums in the in the new places you've been in the multi-billion-dollar stadiums? Well, I think. Uh, an area that's near and dear to you is, is concessions is, you know, this ordering from your seat. Yep. Now, a lot of the things right now with COVID, they're either delivering it to your seat or you order it on your app and then it will, your app will go off and say your pizza's ready. It's over at aisle three, you know, 113 is the closest place and then you're, you know, it's ready for you. So you're not getting those huge lines in between the periods. Nice. Yeah. So I think that's helping a lot. Um, you know, they had a, an Amazon store uh, within this uh, new arena in Seattle. And you go in, it looks like a convenience store. And when you pick it up, pick it up off of the uh, shelf, 
the sensor goes off and it will tabulate your, you know, your purchase and you have already pre-entered your credit card there. So you just basically, you know, it's already scanned your product. As soon as you took it off the shelf, you just walk out with it. Yeah, the garden has that. Grab it, go out. So they don't have to staff it. I mean, there's some staff there, you know, obviously just to explain how it works. But uh, so I see concessions being one area where a lot of the newer stadiums are, are being a little bit more inventive. Yeah, I, I see a lot of the grab and go that, you know, convenience store bodega type of atmosphere. I'm just getting a little sticker shock. When I went to Milwaukee to see the Bucks at Pfizer Forum, I think it was $14 for a craft beer. And yeah. I like myself a craft beer, but man, $14, I can get two of those across the street at uh, uh, the local brewery, oh, yeah. Good City Brewing at the Deer District. Uh, I, I'm just shocked that people are willing to pay those prices for four. Oh yeah, I, I was here for the Marquette game, and, and not just for a beer. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> they're willing to pay that beers. multiple times. Yeah. Sorry, like <laughs> I don't like a beer that much. <laughs> but I, I guess that you know, obviously everything's gone electronic as far as scanning and so forth. Um, you know, some of the things are are really fast. Some of them aren't. I've got some where you've got the guy, you know, just trying to aim the scanner, <laughs> you know, and their their security guard, you know, it's hired for the day and trying to get them to scan people, whereas these other systems are, are much quicker to go through. So I think those are the, the main things that I've seen is use of electronic processing to get you through and out back into your seat a lot quicker. Okay. So uh, is there a downside to all this technology? Like a lot of people really, are not happy that um, physical tickets and ticket stubs are a thing of the past. How do you feel about something yeah. like that? It's not ever been a big thing to me. I mean, I, I, I've never been one to collect ticket stubs, but I can certainly understand people that do. I know, you know, we deal a lot with the ballpark chasers. And that, that's a topic that comes up every baseball season about not having a, a paper ticket. But, I, you know, it's not something personally to me makes a difference. Um, and I don't really buy a lot of stuff at the, you know, something's unusual. I might buy it in the team store, but I'm not one of these. Uh, I'm going to watch what I'm saying. I've been in, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the back of your car after a trip. Yeah, you're no, talking I, to me there, Lloyd. <laughs> I, I do have to, I do have to interrupt. There was a, a couple that did a video from Japan. I forget the name of the stadium. But when they go to the stadium, they have an option to print out tickets. Once you enter, they can give you an actual ticket for your collection. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm one who collected tickets. And you're right. It sucks not to have that ticket. It, you know, it's nice to be able to click it. But, you know, I don't have a Milwaukee Bucks ticket. It's on my Apple wallet. Well, that's not going to do me any good. So yeah, I'm sure me. we'll see. I'm sure maybe that exists already where you can just print out a, a ticket. They'll probably charge you a couple bucks for each ticket, but they'll have right. your ticket. Yeah, I think uh, there's some individual teams that do that, do that. I forget which one. I saw somewhere they were saying one of the teams that one of the pro teams that'll print it out for you, but I can't remember which one it is. Might have been Pittsburgh. I'm not sure. Believe but, it or not, you know, that's one me, of the things what I, I take away is, is photographs. <laughs> I mean, those are my memories of the photographs. And you you do a fantastic job with your photographs, Lloyd. Um, if any of our listeners ever want to check out some of Lloyd's work on the site. Um, 
you know, some of us are, are good writers, some of us are good photographers. Well, you, you do both. Well, your your pictures are outstanding. Well, I use an actual camera. I don't I don't use a cell phone. I mean, as you can tell, I'm I'm not the most technologically advanced person in the world. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's just something. I mean, it's a point and shoot, but it's got a good telephoto on it. And I just I just something I've always enjoyed. Um, all right. So um, are there, conversely, are there any uh, trends that, are, that you've seen in the new places that you're not a fan of? Besides the sticker shock, obviously. Yeah, the sticker shock, I guess, would be the main one. I, I can't really think of anything right offhand other than the price, you know, being so high. Uh, I mean, I usually get my tickets on the secondary market. And some of the times that works really well, and some of the times it doesn't. I mean, you know, getting Ticketmaster to interact with <laughs> with StubHub or Ticketmonster or whatever, because I've, you know, it just depends on the city. Because I think it's Minneapolis. They you they have all the Minneapolis teams have their own ticket system. I forget what the name of it is. You may know Mark. Um, I forget it's. Anyway, it doesn't interact uh, with yeah, all the other. You got just, me there. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, because I know when I did the Timberwolves and and the uh, Twins, uh, that those tickets, you had to get through a different ticketing system. And I can't remember which one it was. but Yeah, I, I can tell you this. With Milwaukee, I had called up the box office and asked how much you know the, the least expensive tickets were. And they said, go online to Ticketmaster. So they just told me to go to Ticketmaster. Don't bother us. And I'm like, so I yeah. go to Ticketmaster and you get secondary market tickets. And I, I I don't think I'm saying anything to shock anyone out there who's listening, but I think that's just the way to go. You buy, you know, you buy off the secondary market. Somebody has a ticket they don't want to use. You get a good price. Bada boom, bada bing. Let's make a, a lot deal. Of, a lot of the box offices have deals that they can't actually sell, you know, tickets outside of their um season tickets like it's all licensed to Ticketmaster or whatever so they could sell in person but i mean who sells in person in any of the big four anymore baseball maybe uh but to take phone orders from you know joe guy who wants a wants a ticket no they won't do that yeah no minor league baseball they'll do that but yeah the big four nah nah it's a dying art it's a dying art all right, one so one, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, just one of it is kind of interesting as far as the tickets is is the Predators Nashville, is that they have you have to put in your zip code when you try to buy tickets from there, and the reason why they will be real restrictive in what zip codes they will sell a ticket. Now, I when we lost a hockey team, they'll sell one to me who live in Atlanta. But what they're trying to do is prevent, say, a Blackhawks team. Okay, Blackhawks fans travel. Yeah, they do. And they don't want to wind up having more Blackhawks fans at a Predators game than the locals. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that was sort of interesting to me. I've never seen a, a team nope. preempt out-of-town fans. No, I can tell you, when I, when I went to see Nashville, it was about 50-50. You had 50 Blackhawks fans, 50 uh, Predators and a, a Blackhawk fan will tell you it is cheaper for us to leave Chicago, drive to Nashville, yeah. get a hotel, and see a game here than buying a Blackhawks ticket. I don't know if that's the case anymore, 
but you know, this was during their Stanley cup run, you know, those, those yeah. three years of, uh, you know, like a, those yeah. four five, six years. Uh, and they could say the same for Pittsburgh fans going to Columbus, you know, very cheap to get a, a ticket there. If you're a diehard, it's not a far drive. So uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you should sell to whoever wants a ticket, but you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a reason to that madness that Nashville does now, you know, they wind up being a better team. That's the only one I'd ever heard of doing that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I don't know if other teams do that. Well, but yeah, one what, thing I like yeah. about Nashville fans, they'll, they'll tell you stories. They always get a lot of visitors from Montreal, St. Louis. They'll tell you the Montreal fans are the worst. They are so obnoxious, but the St. Louis fans are very nice. I, I it makes sense. Makes sense to me. You don't have to go to Nashville to find out Montreal fans are jerks. <laughs> I know, but uh, yeah, Nashville's just a fun place to see a hockey game and a fun place to hang out afterwards. So I get it. I I know plenty of Montreal fans. Do you but agree with with that sentiment? Yeah, they're jerks. Yeah, <laughs> but that same rationale is why uh, Red Sox and Yankee fans always head down to Baltimore. It's cheaper to go to a game in Baltimore than it is to see a. Through you, Vince. <laughs> All right, so Lloyd, I want to wrap up our conversation. I'll take it off of sports for a minute. Since you've been to so many different places in your your quest here, what are some of your favorite places to visit? Favorite cities to go to? Oh. Well, I, I I find Pittsburgh to be one of the more interesting places. I mean, All right, thank you very much, Lloyd. Good night. No, I'm just <laughs> if you've never been there, you know, you have that impression it's a steel town, it's dirty and all yep. that kind of stuff. And there's so much going on in Pittsburgh, on the water, uh, the museums, the architecture, great sports town, you know, great restaurants, great food. So I would say, you know, I could go to Pittsburgh and never go to a ball game, and I would have a good time. So I would say, you know, Pittsburgh would, would definitely be one of those cities. Um, Seattle, to me. Uh, now, Seattle, you could, if you wanted to go and get a bunch of sports done in a few days, go to Seattle, because there's either a soccer game or a basketball game or, you know, a baseball game or something going on every day of the week out there. But there's also so much to do, you know, as far as down by the water, um, some of the museums. I, I love the, uh, the, I don't know, Cholula is the blown glass, the colored glass. He's yeah, fabulous yep. uh, museum right there. And it's, it's like 40 feet from the arena <laughs> is the uh, Cholula Garden of Glass. And it's fantastic. So, you know, the thing about Seattle is you don't go. Uh, you go between May and uh, May and October. It's dry there. <laughs> People think it rains every day in Seattle. It doesn't. Atlanta gets more rain than Seattle does. Really? Uh, so, you know, I just find Seattle as a, a town I really enjoy going to. Oh, yeah. I love Seattle. So my mother-in-law is from and uh, wife and I love it. She just loves overcast clouds and skies and rain. So if we could, we'd move there. But. Well, and two, I mean, we haven't really mentioned at all about transportation, but Seattle's got a fantastic light rail system. You can take it from the airport. You don't need a car in Seattle. No, no, you can't take it from the airport. Yeah, and Portland has even a better light rail system. But, yeah, Seattle, just hop on that that light rail system. It's not that expensive. Like in New York City, it's about $350 each way. It's it's (laughs) like 5 bucks for an all-day pass, 6 bucks. I mean, it's – Makes perfect sense. And you're right. You hit all those marks. You pass by 
the Mariner Stadium. Uh, oh my goodness! They, they all the they changed stadium, the, baseball the football stadium. stadium. They change. They keep changing the name of it. So I'm going to call the Quest. I'm going to call it Safeco. That's not the name of the stadium. So, and but it yeah, goes you, all the way up to University of Washington. Too. Yeah, yeah. You pass everything, and then you take. Yeah, I think it connects to the monorail, right? Can't it you does. Take, yeah. So you have to actually get off the light rail, get on the monorail, and it drops you right. Right in Seattle Center. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I, I may just look up a trip and check out the new hockey team with that. Come right back. They're very upset though that the, the team hasn't done as well as the Vegas team did its first season. <laughs> yeah, Aren't the NHL GM's kind of smartened up. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, that happens like every fifty years in the NHL. You know, a, a a team makes it their first year. Obviously, year one. And then 1967, uh, 68, St. Louis made it. I know they're in the Western Division, but hear me out. And then, of course, Vegas. So it's like every 50 years, an expansion team, a first year well, team my, makes the Stanley Cup. Yeah, my review is still up on the site. <laughs> I was there the first year of the team. So somebody needs to go to Vegas and do oh, a yeah. review. Oh, yeah. It feels like had anybody go to Vegas. That's it amazing. feels like there's a lot of people I know that have gone to Vegas just to see hockey. Uh, I have a one of my coworkers is going to Vegas, and her her husband, her fiance is a Pittsburgh fan, and they're going out there partly because it's Vegas, but partly because they want to see this new arena or newer arena. So yeah. it's amazing how people are like saying, "Hey, let's go see a hockey game." Like that's just part of the thing to do now in Vegas. So who knew? Who knew? 10, 15 years ago, Vegas it, would be a hot spot. It has a very Vegas pre-show. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. Game. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Do so, the Raiders do stuff like that too, or no? It Al know, Davis's ghost would not want it. It could be Vegas. Well, I mean, for instance, this is how much Al Davis wanted it to stay the Raiders and so forth. They have the field where they actually wheel the grass in. Okay, from outside the stadium, it's on a tray. They roll the grass in. He wanted a natural grass field for them to play on. Okay. UNLV plays on AstroTurf. <laughs> so, you know, Al Davis is this traditionalist that believes football needs to be played on dirt and mud and real grass and grass. Oh, does UNLV still play on the old school AstroTurf or do they play on that new synthetic? Field? No, they play in the new stadium. They I only mean, use the bottom level. Oh, really? So they have mm -hmm. two trays to wheel in and out? They have, well, they, I don't know what they do on the AstroTurf. It may be up underneath the stadium, okay, but yeah, there's okay. literally this tray that they roll out on this hydraulic. It's almost like railroad. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that, that's good. And they wheel it out. They water it outside. It gets the sun and then they wheel it in for the games. So it, that was kind of interesting. Well? Do they do that in Phoenix as well? Yes. Yes. Phoenix was actually the first one that did that. Yeah. Well, all right, Lloyd, um, we're coming up on our hour mark, so that's where we're, we're going to call it. Thank you so much, man. It's been great traveling the country with you virtually here. Um, okay, well, usually this, is where I ask, usually this is where I ask our guests to, uh, you know, pimp out their uh, social media sites, but I know you don't have a big social media presence. Right? Uh, no, I do Facebook. <laughs> I well, would just encourage folks to go to our Facebook page. That's, that's what I was going to say. So. Yeah, I don't Twitter. Journey, yeah. Yeah, I'm old school. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you're Nothing better off. I, I, yeah, you're better off. And I, I wish I was a little more old school a lot of times myself. 
So, uh, Lloyd, thanks for joining us and sharing your travels with everybody. We really appreciate it. And it's great to have you back on the show five years later. Okay. Well, maybe I'll get the soccer stadiums in next. Who knows? There you go. <laughs> what would that be? Like State Goals. Club 150? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done about eight of them. <laughs> so, so maybe MLS will be next. Who knows? There you go. We'll save that for the next time you're on. <laughs> okay. All right, Lloyd. So that's, uh, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, once again, thanks, Lloyd Brown, for joining us. And thanks to everyone out there for watching or listening. Um, we're just going to roll right into the outro here, if you don't mind. Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? DanLaw83, all social media platforms. And Mark, how about you? Where can our listeners find you online? Uh, Ballpark Hunter on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out my throwback series beginning this Thursday at 6 p.m. Be there. Be there. Be there or don't. Hey, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, at Profan9, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Obstructive views, check out the Hershey Bears is our, our latest. And uh in the hopper, we got the Columbus Blue Jackets coming up. So I was gonna check say we recorded another one, didn't we? Check those <laughs> out. Hey Mark, you got a new project coming up? I thought I saw you touting that. Oh yeah, throwback series. I'm taking some old videos off the VHS VHS tapes and I am putting them onto a digital platform. So uh, we're going to go back to Greer Stadium in Nashville, Albuquerque Sports Stadium. We're going to check out some roller hockey, roller hockey international, <laughs> uh, going way back. Atlanta had a team too. Uh, uh, New Jersey Storm, New York Saints at Philly. I found some old Ivor Wynn uh, videos of me, London Werewolves. So yeah, we, we got some old videos. And I, I have plenty others, including a Minnesota Thunder game at the Metro Dome back from 2003. So I just have to get, it's on one of these things. I have to get a converter. <laughs> so so we're going to see Mark in a, in a less follically challenged era. Yes. You're going to see Mark with some hair and, <laughs> and maybe not always with some long sideburns <laughs> and sometimes with some pimples or, you know, yeah. I'm you're glad I don't have that. those big tapes. Cause I would have the big white boy Afro working back in the day. Uh, there's actually a video of me from uh, Ottawa and I am smoking a cigarette. I'm thinking, Oh my God, I used to, used to do that. So I'll let people know not to put a disclaimer there. It's like, so why sure was I? Check, be sure to check that out. Ballpark yeah, Hunter should be fun. And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at Puckman RI. And remember, if you're looking to find uh, stadium journey content, Go to the website, stadiumjourney.com, where you will find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other featured stories. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Audio version of the Stadium Journey podcast. Search HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. Video versions of the, of the podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. Our old episodes, you can see us all much younger when we have more hair, right? Less great. Um at VOCNation.com and our live stream every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, danlaw.tv. We'll be back in two weeks. That will put us at, if I'm doing my math correctly, January 18th. We'll be joined by one of ESPN's Premier Hockey Federation play-by-play voices, Sam Fryman, will join us to talk some women's hockey and talk about his hometown. Dan will like this one, Philadelphia. So once again, thanks everyone for your support. Thanks again to Lloyd Brown for joining us tonight. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, it's Paul with you. Safe Stadium Journey and close games. Hope to see you on the road again real soon. Be safe out there.